Welcome to the very second episode in the very second season of Brightcast. It's exciting to be back, isn't it? Back on a roll. Yeah. And in this episode, we're going to be talking influencer marketing, whilst I enjoy a lovely can of Guinness. Hashtag ad. We look at the pitfalls of influencer marketing and where people need to be careful. Um, But also the advantages, how incredible influencer marketing currently is and the power it can have in your campaigns. 16.4 billion pound industry, can't be wrong, or can it? Let's find out. Welcome back to the very second episode of the very second season, guys. Welcome back. Yes. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. I've had a busy week, which we'll get into. If you ask me how my week's been this week and what I've been up to, you didn't last episode. Thank you. No worries. <laughs> Jess? Uh, I'm excited that we're back on with the pod. Uh, yeah. Back in back in second episode now. We're on a roll. Yeah. Um, trying to get in as many as possible before Drew goes on paternity. Spoilers. Just <laughs> tell everybody about my business there. <laughs> uh, we are accepting uh, Just Eat vouchers uh, when the baby <laughs> arrives, guys. So you can send those to Drew's Food Fund at bright.co.uk. What about you, Drew? Uh, I have been quite busy because I've, I was off last week because I had COVID for the first time in like three years. Yeah. Like, as in like the first time I've ever had it. My first my first time. I lost my C plates. And uh, yeah, I was a bit ill. I still sound a little bit ill now, but I'm completely negative. Mm. Um, positive in mindset, negative in COVID test. But I think it's a good segue because I had a type of influenza. And today we're talking about influenza Marketing. marketing. And we'll put the outtakes of that joke also on <laughs> when we came up with it. Um, yeah, okay, so before we get into it, everyone's feeling all right, but what have you been working on, Jess? What's been on your mind this week? Uh, we So we onboarded um, a client at the start of Jan. Um, so over the past couple of days, I've been kind of re-going over the ads that we set up to optimise them a bit further. Yeah. Um, reporting for all of our clients um, and setting up for the obviously the continuation of campaigns to sort of hit it into the second month making any optimization tweaks that are needed um yeah. preparing content for for the next month yeah yeah brilliant yeah and i think a lot of people underestimate how much of a change you make especially to pay-per-click after that first month yeah two, two to four weeks really because that's when you've got especially for a new company that's not ran it before you've got all that new data yeah, so then yeah. you can start properly working out where to put your spend yeah yeah it's hard especially for clients that are necessarily like overlooking the ads while they're they're going on yeah yeah the first two weeks it it can be a little bit daunting for them because like we're spending this money like where where's it all going but google need that time to sort of learn um your audience and allow us to optimize it so after that two to two to three weeks sort of period um that they're proper nailed down there they're performing exactly how we want them to be doing yeah yeah and it's about doing it in a controlled way so you yes, can see those experiments yeah. yes, what's definitely. working what's not drew what you been on well since i've bounced back from covid uh we've been finishing up loads of production projects really for some uh some pretty cracking clients yeah so there is a big series that we've been doing for the past three months nearly now yeah um and there's like i think there's a dozen videos there and they've been trialed in some workshops and we're at the final stage at the moment so yeah. hopefully maybe even by the time this goes out um we'll have finished all of those 
Um, we are doing some, uh, oh, we're working on just some other projects for some like learning and development companies. There's yeah. an ad that we're currently creating, yeah. we're currently polished off. And we're doing all the cut downs and stuff for that moment, sorting all the TrueView advertising cut downs. Yeah, yeah. And we're also gearing up for another month of uh, lots of shoots. So more L&D stuff, which is like a big part of what we're doing at the moment production wise and also marketing wise. But also more ads, yeah. uh, more workshops, more um, testimonials, case studies, loads and loads of stuff. Yeah. Loads of various yeah. stuff, oh, which it, is cool. It, it never stops. It never stops. So yeah, it was nice. Yeah. In fact, we were looking through the Monday board earlier, just adding all the extra days on and just planning planning where yeah. all that's going to go yeah. and how all that's going to be sorted. I I completed this week, with the last minute help of some people, some uh, funding grant applications to try and turn the massive space in the studio to make it usable because right now it it's great and we can do product video stuff in there more we, usable more usable more usable yeah we can work around the sound issues that are there now but really it needs big big sound treatment yeah there. yeah a fair bit of sound treatment and also maybe some overhead lights and stuff and kind yeah. of r ramp it up a little bit more but yeah yeah nice. and then i've just been looking forward looking forward to the year and you know we started off pretty strong and yeah we got clients queuing up and we just need to get get them onboarded and process through yeah yeah we're also looking um at our stuff so looking forward to our stuff so um our new website is very close to being done um very excited to sort of launch that so yeah. sort of looking at the content for that and um, what assets we need to create the videos and things for that um and how we can sort of take our marketing to the next level as well and season two brightcast yeah yeah exciting so main topic today, Jess. Um, so today I wanted to talk about influencer marketing, yeah. um, sort of the benefits and sort of where people need to be careful yeah. um, putting their money into influencer marketing. So as you guys know, and as most listeners probably know now, influencer marketing has boomed massively over the past, probably say five years yeah. As sort of social media becomes more prominent in day-to-day -day lives, people spend a lot of time on platforms um, as sort of the YouTube creator industry has um, boomed even more than it and it did. Yeah. Um, and it's the process of basically paying an influencer um, to post a piece of content around your product or service. And for people that don't know, influencers are people basically with big followings. So it could be a YouTuber, um, it could be a TikToker, it could be, could be an Instagram um, creator. Just someone that has a large community and a large following and yeah. can influence those people, basically. I think the big change has been at the sort of mini and micro and the explosion, yeah. as you said, of the YouTube creator community and now TikTok yeah. and, and beyond. Because people have always done it, really. There's always been the adverts with celebs, you know, whipping their hair, saying because they're worth it um using head and shoulders things like that yeah definitely. And, and it's just bringing it to the uh i guess smaller and, and definitely at the start it was a more authentic portrayal wasn't it because because it wasn't even paid for at the start really i think it's made it's been made more accessible as well yeah. because like you say the adverts you you were talking about a minute ago they were on a large scale like those ads would have probably cost millions of pounds it, and it's to still create a super like celebrity and it's yeah really. it's a celebrity you're still, you're still uh, at, yeah. and so you're paying them to create the ad whereas now the micro influencers that you're saying yeah 
they're just TikTokers with maybe a hundred thousand followers, yeah. um, but they can still have a real impact on you, on your business yeah. and your products. We we did some influencer work. It was more, it was yourself specifically, Drew. You were doing some consultancy on um, a creator content for electric cars, and they had a pretty pretty decent following. Yeah. Not not in the millions, so definitely on sort of the micro influencer side. Um, they were well known in the industry and their opinions and reviews were trusted, weren't they? So that, yeah. that's where the value, I guess, comes from, from seeking out influencer marketing. Well, it's for, it just, it's meant to feel more natural, isn't it? That's the yeah. point of yeah. influencer marketing. We're talking about like ads and stuff like L'Oreal ads or other ads and whatnot. They are ads. We know they're ads. We explicitly understand that our ads are yeah. played during advert breaks and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but influence marketing is just a bit more, uh, it just seeps into the everyday yeah. life more, doesn't it? Yeah. You sat on the toilet scrolling through YouTube shorts yeah. and you see a little uh, ad. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's not necessarily the same as like, like I say, like, you know, I don't know what TV's on now on terrestrial TV and stuff, yeah. but Love Island and then an ad comes up. But that's a good point, Drew. So say if you're watching a long form YouTube piece of content and a pre-roll ad comes up for Gymshark, for example, you're probably skipping that. Whereas if you watch through the video and someone in there is like, oh, I love this uh, new Gymshark um, outfit that I've just got. Yeah. Going out shopping, these leggings are really comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. You're more likely to be influenced to buy that product through the advert that's happening in the video compared to the pre-roll ad, even though it's selling exactly the same product. If you're watching it, you're already invested, whereas you yeah. aren't already invested in the ad. They know you aren't invested in the ad. Yeah. There's a skip button. It's six seconds long, probably. Do you know what I mean? They know you want to invest in that. They're just trying to get in and get out. And hopefully it's a, num it's a numbers game with that. Whereas the influencer marketing, you're already invested in what they do and what they say. So why yeah. wouldn't you go along with what they're recommending? So what were some of the considerations to keep it in that grounded influencer way when you were working on that project about the electric cars? So basically to give you a bit more, give everyone a bit more context about, about the uh, job, we were asked to kind of jazz up this existing edit Yep. So we were given footage that they had filmed and recorded themselves and they are by no means professional, you know, videographers, yeah. filmmakers. They are, uh, they have external jobs and then they also happen to run this channel, which yeah. is a very successful channel for them, for the community yeah. and stuff. I, and, and a lot of their stuff is shot indoors, sat at a desk reviewing things and discussing things, whereas this was out on the road. So it was a bit more involved yeah. in that way. But the, the big thing was that all their stuff has this proper DIY aesthetic. Yeah. Um, so we had to try and maintain that. The brief was to maintain that because we could have just easily said, oh, if you want this to be better and this to be better and this to be better, we could just go and film it. But in doing that, you're, you're taking away that aesthetic that their followers are used to. Yeah. And also you're taking away that kind of like authenticity to a degree. That's not to say that you can't have like professionally shot influencer marketing. Yeah. If you look at something like uh, MKBHD, yeah, yeah. his stuff shot amazingly. If yeah. he starts recommending stuff, you're not going to go, I don't fully buy into the recommendations because he hasn't got the authenticity of it being super shaky yeah, and with terrible yeah. audio. You're not going to say that. No. But you're going to, you know, you're, you, it's just whatever the, follower, whatever the followers are used to yeah. with that channel, that's what you're trying to recreate. Yeah. So anyway, going back to this site, this EV channel then, we had to try and like maintain that authenticity. So part of the challenge was jazzing it up but not doing our best on it in a way yeah. or like using our like expert knowledge to jazz it up as if we were jazzing it up as if we were yeah. DIYers still as if it, we were like home you know it, what I mean Be bedroom editors not to push it beyond 
yeah. beyond a point. I yeah. guess, it's not right? adding stabilization to the shaky footage. It's... Or, or, it, or it is, but it's doing it in like subtle ways. Yeah. Me? Like it's just yeah. subtle things. Yeah. So a big part of it was basically just tightening it up because in tightening it, you can tighten yeah. it and you know, you can, you can, it still maintains that overall feel. And we actually made it feel a bit more YouTube-y than it was originally because we did loads more like jump cuts, quick cuts, loads of yeah, things like that, yeah. which you'll often see in lots of like, lots yeah. of vlogs. Or it's become proper YouTube aesthetic. And also one of the main rules, which is focus on the content. So it was always to keep that flowing yeah. and feel like it was an engaging oh, piece to watch. Yeah, that, that's why just tightening it. So just, yeah. just in tightening it, you're just tightening the content. Yeah. So like it's a husband and wife and they have like a proper, you know, proper chemistry, obviously on screen. Yeah. So it was maintaining that, maintaining the banter between them. The wife is very much like not massively into electric vehicles, whereas the husband is, it's his yeah, channel. Yeah. So it's her asking questions and him answering them in a bit more of an informative way. So it's maintaining that like chemistry and that kind of banter on screen as well. Yeah. Whereas we, again, could have just easily come in and said, well, you know, yeah, that banter was good there, but actually there were sound issues. So if you were going to go from, from like a professional point of view, we yeah. would probably not include that because yeah. the sound wasn't as good in certain parts yeah. or like the video went like, you know, the video blew out or something yeah. like that. So it's maintaining that aesthetic. Really. And if it was in pre-production, it's like, scripting those jokes where it's nice that it's natural and falling yeah. naturally. So what are some good influence marketing campaigns that you've seen or how brands have used influence marketing well to sort of raise awareness for their brand? Actually, a really good one that I was aware of recently because we've been working with Heck Foods on something that they're doing, uh, which has been pretty cool. But on their YouTube channel, they've partnered with or they've done some content with a nutritionist. Yeah. And it's really good because it's sort of based around science and things like that. But they are definitely on that micro-influencer level. They've got a decent yeah. following and they're approaching it from, you know, a nutritionist point of view, which is good, I think, for a food company. So that, yeah. that one worked well for me. It's also great because Hex sausages are quite well known for their chicken sausages. Yeah. Um, which um, are very popular within like the gym industry and people that are trying yeah, to eat healthy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it made sense when you look at like paranutritionists with with heck who are trying to create good healthy food yeah um yeah so it was a nice partnership speaking of food um another one another brand that's used influence marketing quite well is hello fresh yeah don't know about you guys but there was a period of time where i saw them everywhere yeah i'm pretty sure every youtube video i watched it was today's sponsor is <laughs> was it was it during like the pandemic when everyone's just inside all yeah the time maybe as well? yeah you're always inside people don't necessarily want to go out to shop because they're worried they're going to get COVID. yeah why not get food sent to you yeah but it was like every youtube video every podcast every piece of content that could have a sponsor mm. was sponsored by hellofresh and it all seemed like micro-influencer level. Like some of them was bigger, like the off-menu podcast was sponsored by them a couple of times, which yeah, yeah. I'd say they're, they're tiptoeing into influencers, not micro-influencers, definitely in, on the influencer side. Um, but they were, they were everywhere and they used influencer marketing so well that I don't think they used much, yeah. they used many other platforms to, to market themselves. And mm. it nicely blurred because it was a lot of, um, which I know you're a fan of, user-generated content as yeah. well in marketing campaigns, which is good. Yeah. How, how do you feel then? So kind of like jumping off, like if, you, if you're seeing HelloFresh stuff everywhere all the time, how do you feel when an influencer or like somebody that you're following, let's say it's a YouTube channel that you're following. Yeah. How do you feel when you, if you found out after the fact that that thing they were recommending in that previous episode was in fact an ad? 
Mm. Because that's a big thing, isn't it? Like right now, especially on like Instagram and stuff, they have yeah. to make sure it's flagged. an ad. It has to be flagged that it's an ad. You have to know that it's an ad. They'll, they'll say it often. Kim Kardashian got sued because of a crypto yeah. thing. She just put hashtag ad wasn't enough. So she got sued for that. Yeah, I mean, also she was massively trying to, she, was, she wasn't scamming yeah. people, but she was part of a scam. Yeah, so yeah, that's also cool. not good. Yeah, doing the HelloFresh one's a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> you're getting a, a meal out of it. The other one, you're getting, you know, just digital bullshit. Nah, so this, not this, quite this, right. There's someone back there with his big cigar going... I got to get me some sweet corn out of here. <laughs> big, big food. Yeah, I guess it's, you want it to be authentic, right? That, that That's yeah. the general, like, bonus of influencer marketing. Yeah. Where it's, but, but now we're aware that they're paid to do it. I was going to say, so I think they're, if it's someone you follow and admire and you like their moral standpoint on things, hopefully it's both, right? They're, yeah. they're, they do endorse this product and they're getting paid which is fine yeah um but i guess it's just just walking that line isn't it and there's so many influencers like i don't follow or don't really care about Mm. so then i am going to view it a bit cynically i think yeah it was similar with a bottle called air up i don't know if you've seen adverts for that it was basically a bottle where you put like a scent pod around like the bit where you drink out of it and you put water in the bottle and apparently because you can smell the scent, yeah. it makes the water taste like something else. So if you put like a cola scent on the top, it's meant to taste like you're drinking cola. If you put like orange and what, what various other things on it. No, no, list more flavours. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> List all the flavours, please. And there was various um, influencers that promoted this product. But on the other hand, probably half of the influencers that I followed were saying that it was utter bullshit basically yeah and the other half was saying how great this product is and it's hard to then be like well yeah. these are getting paid to say how great it is these yeah. people have bought the product and are like de-influencing it which is a which is a trend at the moment yeah de-influencing things um so then it's like it, it de it, it loses some credibility through the influences that are, are promoting it and saying how great it is yeah but it could also work for some people so it's hard to then judge are they lying about it to get to get paid yeah. or is it just working for them? Yeah, I, th- I think that's part of my issue with it because I'll often like, I think there just has to be an authenticity behind it. So like yeah. if, so for instance, I can't remember what it was, but there was an example ages ago where there was a channel that I watched and this person was like peddling this thing, but it didn't seem like an, like an overt ad. He was just talking about this like product. Yeah. It was something to do with editing, something to do with post-production. Uh, it'd be like a plugin or something. He's like talking about his stuff, loads and loads and loads. And then like a day or two later, like he was like, by the way, I have to explain that that was an ad in a previous episode or something, yeah. something like that. I can't remember the exact, the exact deets. But like it didn't matter because the guy still genuinely like used it because yeah. you'd see it on yeah. like screenshots of like other things that he's doing. You'd see it on, do you know what I mean? Like, so you knew this person actually used that thing. Yeah. He just also happened to get a free copy of it yeah. to talk about it, but he didn't mention it. So it's a bit like, oh, that's a bit cheeky. But you do, you, but the stuff you were talking about is true. But then on the other side of that, you get other influencers who will talk about things that they've definitely never used. Yeah. And again, I can't remember the exact example, but I have a feeling it's somebody from Love Island for this exact for this yeah. example. Yeah. And I assume lots of people on Love Island do this. Yeah, definitely. They're a hot they, ticket when they come out. Yeah. Like they get paid yeah. big money. Quickly talk about this product yeah. you've never even seen. Yeah. And it was somebody who was talking about something they'd never used. And it turned out to be just completely like it was a complete bogus product, basically. Right. Yeah. And there was this massive like kind of like uh 
uh, blowback on influencers broadly yeah. because of this. Yeah. Or it all happened around this time, and yeah. this person was Look, like one of, of one of the catalysts. Gemma, Gemma Collins did. Gal Gadot did a funny one because it was, I think it was Samsung or it was definitely an Android oh, phone. Oh, sent from iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was tweeted by I, from iOS or yeah. something like yeah, Twitter for like, iOS. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, Marcus Brownlee, no, Marcus Brownlee, that's a. MKBHD. MKBHD. Is he Marcus Brownlee? Yeah. Okay. I was thinking Marcus Brownlee was the guy, one of the uh, triathletes for British. Oh, yeah. No, that is a Brownlee. Okay, cool. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the other side is the Love Island people, like I say, or, or any other influencers who are just peddling things that we don't know about. That side, like, really grinds my gears yeah. because there's just definitely no authenticity to it. Yeah. And I think the issue that we have now is so many people are being told to sell things and becoming influencers. You could have, like you say, the, the EV channel has like, I think it's like, last time we looked, like maybe like 40,000 yeah. subs. Not crazy amount for YouTube for like a big influencer yeah, thing. Yeah. If we, again, the other example was MKBHD, he's going to have like, you know, 8 million or something. But everyone's being given these little opportunities to sell to their niches yeah. and to their markets. Yeah. And because it's happening so often, people are obviously trying to peddle things they don't necessarily use, yeah. or you just aren't sure as a follower, as an audience member, if they do use it or not, yeah. if there's the authenticity there. There's just a bit of a gray cloud around it. Isn't yeah. There? And you don't, ha it doesn't, it doesn't have to be authentic. If it is genuinely an ad and they're marking it as an ad, they don't have to have used it for five years beforehand and they no. use it religiously every day. Like you say, they'd explain what it is, but you want some kind of like honest feedback on it yeah. as opposed to it not being a good product. And that person, because they've been paid, saying this is a great product especially yeah. if it's a physical product like a moisturizer or a curling iron or something like and you're selling that to someone but you don't actually know if it's any good so and, and yes they could they could market as an ad and, and promote it if they've never used it before if it's something that they already know is good and already know that it is commonly known as a good product but if it's a curling iron that's just come out and but, they're like oh this can curl your hair amazingly but even that i think there's a way of doing it almost like a review if you say i've just been sent this i think if you he, got some curling iron rob i think you would struggle <laughs> to review that no i sometimes sport a curly mustache i could make use but no i think people could do a review yeah. in that sense of it and and be honest i've only had this for a couple of days here my here's my first impressions um, I, I think the issue is... Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could do that, but there's the authenticity because they're being yeah. upfront about the whole yes, situation. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Like, like we said in the, the previous episode, there's been a huge backlash, like you said, Drew, about influencers at the moment. And I think people need that authenticity to, to, to prove what they're saying is right and genuine and to then also protect the brand they're promoting. Yeah. So the whole point of influence marketing is to raise awareness and to increase profit, basically, in, in the long term of, of the brand that's hiring that influencer. Yeah, and it, but, and it, but it's more than that. It's not just awareness because it's social proofing, isn't it? it it's someone recommending yeah. it to you, really. And I think that's the important bit to remember with marketing principle and where it sort of is falling down. So if you, if you think about it, everyone says we, we sell our marketing services. We say we're great. And that to some extent it works and you can t you can talk people uh through the process and help them understand it but an effective way a more effective way of doing that is testimonials having people who you know aren't connected to the business but have used you saying that yeah. so that works well and that's where influence marketing should be yeah i think that that's where people are saying this is great i've re i use this i recommend this um but the problem is they're being paid to do it so it's sort of 
detracts from that principle. I, th right? I think the payment part of it as well has made micro-influencers boom because people are seeing, especially with the TikTok algorithm as it is, anyone can go viral, yeah. which means anyone can gain thousands of followers overnight, which means then anyone can get paid to, to promote. In an essence, I'm saying that's yeah. in an essence. And now things like TikTok shop is a thing. I don't know if you've you've seen much of that. People can go on on live and sell hundreds of products on on live and they get a commission of the product. Yeah. But they can't have used all 100 products, but they're selling it to people. Yeah. But then at the same time, I guess there's that essence of they know what they're in for if they're going onto a live for TikTok shop. They know yeah. they're going to yeah. get sold to. It's, like, it's like when you it's like when you follow like a meme page on Instagram. And it will be like uh, staff lets flats memes. This isn't this hasn't happened on a staff lets flats thing, but I'm just giving it as an example. Yeah. So any staff lets flats Instagram pages, this isn't an attack, okay? Yeah. But you're gonna get some kind of like you know meme page where it's just all memes to do with the TV show, whatever you're watching, like staff lets flats. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're like, "Here's five percent off for this for, for Nord VPN." Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's just crazy. So it's but, just this this this, yeah. this random out of character yeah. bit of like influencer marketing. Yeah. It's not really an influencer because it's a, a, you know, it's a anonymous yeah. meme page, yeah. but, but it's a similar thing, isn't it? They've got a massive following. They get big numbers because they get, you know, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of likes, whatever impressions. And, and it's unlikely that people are going to be like, oh my gosh, take my eyes. That's a snap, let's flats quote. <laughs> but uh, that's a good point though. And I don't want to condemn a whole generation, but do, do young kids care? Do they care they're being sold to? That's that, that's why there's such a controversy around influencer marketing at the moment, especially with micro-influencers. Gen Z don't care anymore. And there's a trend going on which sort of de-influences certain products um, and talks about products that aren't worth the money. Yeah. And I think that Gen Z are sort of responding to that better because people are saying their, their honest opinions. And if they're, and then they're not getting paid for it, so it's not necessarily influencer marketing that obviously this trend is. But people prefer the honest response to those things. Yeah. And I've seen a few influencers that I follow recently being honest on their ads. And it's basically saying that I work with these brands, but I might be negative about it. I might say things that aren't quite right about the brand, but overall the product's amazing, but it then makes it seem a bit more authentic to the people I'm selling it to. Yeah. And and you're completely honest with them about it rather than them buying it and being like, oh, I didn't expect that to be like that or... Yeah. That's and probably then, a nice way of being authentic is talking yeah. about the drawbacks. Even if it's a product yeah. you love yeah. uh, or a service you love, you can you can talk about the drawbacks still. Because then I guess when it comes to you, you promoting something else, people know that they can trust what you're saying rather than say, yeah. oh, it's a perfect product, you're buying it and, it and it's not what it seems. So where do you think businesses can, and not huge businesses, but, you know, the SME world, where could they start capitalising on influencer marketing and, and and what should they try and avoid i guess so influencer marketing does have a high cost for entry i'd say um and it usually starts it can start anyway from a couple of hundred pounds to tens of hundreds of thousands of pounds but for most sort of micro influencers it's probably around like the two grand to ten grand sort of mark per per post yeah so it's sort of working out what you're actually going to gain from that post. So stuff like HelloFresh, can you offer a discount code? Can you then use sort of UTM URLs to sort of track that campaign properly? 
where where are you gonna I get guess that's the, the ROI as well, isn't it? Yeah, where are you gonna get the ROI from yeah. this post? You using influence marketing for awareness is great, and it is that sort of testimonial sort of where you say the brand loyalty and the social proofing, but it only really works for companies that that can afford to sort of put it out there. Yeah, I'd say it needs to be more around the social proofing, like you say, rather than awareness. So it needs to have a real impact into your campaign. And it's something that you need to think about properly and where it's going to sit in your marketing funnel rather than just thinking everyone's doing influencer marketing. I want to do influencer marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it has to be right for you. What What do you think about sending out the freebies? There's no harm in it, I'd say, especially if it's a product. Um, a lot of people need content. We were speaking about it just before the podcast, Rob. Yeah. A lot of influencers need content. So say, um, again, some of the people I watch, they do like gifted hauls on their Instagram stories. Yeah. No, well, no one's paid them to do that, but they need to put something on their story. Yeah. And once they've got, say, if they've been sent a hundred makeup products, they'll then make a video and like new in a makeup. Yeah. Because they've already got the 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 products there to try i guess that removes the being paid i, I it's a it, there is still a benefit in kind but i guess it's removing the being paid to say it's great right if no one's paying you they're just sending you free stuff yeah. hoping I, I also have to say that i don't mind people being paid to say something's great because if they're doing a service and influencer marketing is a service they yeah. should be getting paid for it yeah, yeah so i don't mind somebody being paid for it my, my issue with the being paid stuff is all around the authenticity of it and the actual the actual kind of like the honesty of the uh, the review, because I feel like it still has to be a review, yeah. basically. I, yeah. I yeah. guess if someone turned around to you though and said, I'll pay you 50 grand to film this 30 second ad and say, this thing's great. But what is it? Give me an example. You're trying this new chocolate bar. And what 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 is it? Is it good? It's all right. It's not, it's not probably not as good as Cadbury's. Probably not as good as Cadbury's, right. but it's all right. I'll do it. If it causes mass diarrhea and kills fucking foxes, I might not do it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it's a sliding scale again, isn't it? Like, we're, we're, oh, it's just not as good this. as... We're filming this pod on four Sonys. If, hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. <laughs> if, if Canon came to us and said, oh, we'd like to sponsor the channel, here, have four great Canon cameras. Done. Yeah, straight away. Yeah, I'd why g- not? I'd give, give them a whirl. Yeah. And again, if that meant somehow, for some reason, foxes died. Yeah. No, we wouldn't we consider do it. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking Guinness now. If Guinness came in and said, Rob, all the Guinness you want for the rest of your life. All you got to do is use a hypothetical situation about Guinness coming in on your podcast and in, on influencer marketing. I would do it. And you might say it's taken, it's taken a season, a whole season to get to this point where Rob starts trying to sell Guinness. And I always say good things come to those who wait. I, yes, you might say, Rob, it's not just one Guinness you're having. You're always doubling and doubling, <laughs> which is, you know, the... But yeah, sorry. So going back to it all, <laughs> cracking, cracking Guinness lols, obviously. But yeah, going back to it. Yeah, I don't I don't really have a problem with the with the paying thing. So yeah, yeah again, like the benefit in kind, if there's like if you're just like mass giving away like freebies, like for instance, let's say there's loads of these like micro influencers, and let's say we're again like another food company like HelloFresh or something, giving away loads of these things. I don't think there's any any problem with it. Again, it's kind of a numbers thing because you're not saying shout about it. Yeah. You're saying like, here's some here's some stuff. It would be cool if you shouted about yeah. it, maybe. But, Something um, like pe- that. Authors who are publishing books, they do it and it's a common thing. But it's because those people need content. They need books to read and review for their channel. So biz- business books I read a lot of. But that that's where it's happening a lot still. 
and it's still authentic, but you can also do it with, a, I like the kickback. I, I prefer a percentage share, share where you can have a code an attached to link, it. Yeah. yeah, an affiliate link. So let's run some hypotheticals okay. for some businesses on what type of content they could push for and where. Yeah. Uh, depending on their business. Do you want to throw a business out there? Drew, throw a business out there. It's a company that makes uh, leashes for walking your cat. So on TikTok at the moment, there is pet accounts. So I'm yeah. a dog owner myself. Um, so I see a lot of dog accounts, but there's also cat accounts. So you could hire one of these accounts to do a video on them walking their cat outside on your new leash. You could also send stuff out, give some gifted things to to various various cat owners. Um, I think you approach it like you would. So you create a targeted list, don't you? Yeah. And, and, and you know, almost treat it as a, data, a CRM system and, and do it that methodically, I think, and go through there. Still, still cast the net wide if you're doing the gift thing. You could maybe look at... I'd try and force the affiliate link thing first before just straight up paying for posts and tweets. You could also uh, create some partnerships with some of these big influencers so they could create their own pattern, could create a new pattern leash, yeah. mm -hmm. which they then promote to their audience and say, look at this, because they've basically created it, but it's with your brand, yeah. which then shares awareness for, for your whole brand as well. Yeah. I think with the influencer size as well, and if you're looking at the numbers, you might find that you can get loads more engagement on the micro level yeah, and and hit more followers as well. Um, so I would say focus on that and focus on the numbers as well and the data. Let's do a second one. Rob, you name an industry. Um, it's a house plant company that ships plants to your house that are almost impossible to kill. Ooh. But they are real. Now I'm listening. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's probably too good a project, a product. So I would target people like millennials and Gen Zs that have busy lifestyles. So that might do like day in the life vlogs. Yeah. Um, people that are out of the house a lot. This hustle culture that is kind of going on. People that don't have time to water their plants, and target them to sort of promote the fact that they like plants in the house, mm. but they're killing them all the time. I think as well, you could also go anti-obvious anti and you could go the other way where it's it's people who haven't really had any association to plants at all and it's what impact having them in their house yeah. has brought to that, them. Yeah, that, you know, well. the feeling of calmness and all the good stuff having plants in your house brings. Or mm. people that say the same type of vibe, but people that live in like flats and apartments, so people that don't have their own garden. Yeah. Um, so the benefits of the, they could put them on their balcony or in the house and it can feel like they're outdoors a little bit more. And, and they're good examples. And we're sort of approaching it from a do-it-yourself point of view. Yeah. And I always feel like influence marketing is a little bit like the modern PR-like yeah. system. So you can do a lot of it yourself, but also there are professionals there with the contacts. You know, there's, there's proper... We've done some influence marketing, but there's proper influence marketing agencies... And yes, they take a commission, but they will get you with the right yeah. people. And it's almost like bulk buying because of their influence in influence marketing. They'll be able to connect you with the right people and probably get a better rate and a measurable return. Yeah, yeah. It's why 
it's why I don't think I'd want us to necessarily look at, at supplying influencer marketing for our clients in-house. Yeah. I'd always want to partner, um, and we have done in the past, like you said, with Drew, Drew's example, um, partner with an influencer agency that can can support that sort of section of the campaign. Yeah. And it's mainly for those reasons. We could definitely do it in-house. It would just take us longer because we don't have those connections. Yeah. Um, it, and the networks that they have, they'd be able to get a better ROI on their campaign. Yeah. So. If it was us doing it, we'd probably just be on Cameo trying to trick people into saying ads. <laughs> yeah. Jim Jim Shark. Hello, Jim Shark. What a powerful name, first of all. Jim, hello. My name is Tom Felton or Draco Malfoy in a hoodie. Jim Shark. Oh, my catness. I hear you have a birthday. Jim Shark. So influencer marketing has gone through a little bit of a backlash over the last year or so. Uh, So influencer marketing has gone through a little bit of a backlash over the last year or so. Um, but it's not something I would necessarily write off for your company um, or any campaign that you're sort of running. Mm. It's just making sure it's appropriate for your brand and it's going to get the ROI you need sort of for that campaign. Yeah. Um, look at the different platforms you have, weigh it up. What's influencer marketing going to give you that say paid ads isn't um, and sort of create a strategy for influencer marketing like you would any other platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think we've gone through some some good insights today to help people on their influencer marketing journey. Yeah, I, w- I would say be open to it. And, you know, in the interest of being ambitious marketers, I think companies should seek it out and explore yeah. it. But understand the pitfalls and understand what questions to ask the right people yeah. to, to sort of safeguard yourself and your brand against it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you say, there's been a bit of a, or there, there have been many backlashes to influence yeah. marketing over the years, but that's fine. Like you, like you just said, Rob, if you're going to delve into influence marketing, recognize those pitfalls, the backlashes, yeah. and just do the opposite of them. Yeah. So it's being authentic. It's not lying to audiences. It's, you know, having a real reason to say these things and trying to make it seem as honest as a non-ad yeah. episode of something or a non-ad short or a non-ad instagram yeah. reel or something yeah. yeah cool yeah nice cool good app guys good app now i'm off to watch a six and a half hour stream of dr disrespect why he subliminally sells me some turtle beach headphones oh, gotta get on that g fuel <laughs> <laughs> that's what they're all on about isn't it yeah nice cool influencer marketing Howdy. peace out guys yeah.